This is Steal the Sermon number 160. What are you looking for? All of the best stories in the Old Testament existed only in spoken form for centuries before they were written down in the form that has come down to us in 2022. For oral traditions, time acts as an excellent filter, dropping out every detail that is not essential to the message of the story. The Old Testament story of Jacob and his 12 sons passed through dozens of generations of retelling and of filtering. You probably know the story well, and yet I will bet that most of you have never noticed a fascinating and odd little detail that slipped through. Or did it? I believe that this detail is, in fact, a huge one in each of our lives today. I'll retell the story for you. Watch for the weird little detail that somehow survived centuries of retelling. Or was it not an odd detail, but a whole lot more? This is from Genesis 37, with a few of my comments thrown in. So Jacob, his father, said to Joseph, Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks, and bring word back to me. Joseph sent him off towards Shechem. When Joseph arrived in Shechem, a man found Joseph wandering around the fields and asked him, What are you looking for? Joseph said, I am looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? And the man said, They have moved on from here. I heard them say, Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went to Dothan and found his brothers. That's it, kids. To review, Jacob, wily fellow that he was, used an old dad trick here a trick I've used myself. Your kids are fighting. Jacob is partly the cause of this, having given only Joseph the beautifully colored coat. Joseph is partly the cause with his telling of his dream where his brothers bow down to him. Neither is a good idea for family contentment. Eh? Jacob isn't really worried about the flocks. He knows his lads aren't idiots. They'll take good care of the flock. What he wants is to put all of the brothers together in the hope that they will reconcile among themselves. Good intention. Result, not so good in the short run. Oh well. Now, if it were me telling this story, I'd cut out the guy in the field giving directions. It'd be easier for me to memorize. And really, who gives a rip that Joseph took a wrong turn? I would simply have said, Joseph found them at Dothan and moved on to the meeting and to the beating. Really, who gives a rip where he found them? It's a useless detail. Am I right? Of course I'm right. But the tellers of the tale never dropped the guy standing in the field, although they also never bothered to give him a name. Thirty generations didn't cut him out. Is there perhaps a hidden gem here? What would it be? Well, let's look at it again. Joseph is wandering in the fields. He's lost. A guy walks up to him and says, What are you doing? What are you looking for? Here's my advice to you. If you only plan to get one tattoo this year, get these five words inked on you. What are you looking for? Now, I don't think either Joseph or his unnamed partner fully understood what was happening in that field, 
or even why they met out there in that empty field. Take a moment to picture this scene through your eyes. Got it? Pretty weird, eh? Joseph clearly didn't realize that the question he was asked was not about the location of his brothers. It was about the direction of his life. The direction of his life. What are you looking for? Kind of jumps out at you now, doesn't it? The stranger who met Joseph that day may or may not have been clueless about the true purpose of their meeting as well. Life is like that. Yes, it is. We often don't recognize the big moment at the time, only in retrospect. My gut tells me that this guy never did see it. From his eyes, he was just helping a lost kid find his flock. No biggie. But he was, in fact, nudging Joseph, who was about to head home toward his future, a future that changed everything for him and also changes everything for all of us today. The man was an angel unaware. He was a messenger sent by God. If Joseph doesn't meet him, the train of history never leaves the station. No slavery in Egypt, no locusts, no parting of the Red Sea, no Moses, no 40 years in the desert, no Saul, no David, no Jerusalem, no temple, no Jesus, and on and on and on. All because a guy asked, what are you looking for? More precisely because it was an angel who asked, what are you looking for? Many of us don't picture angels as a fat guy standing in a field. Angels have fiery swords. Angels have big wings. Angels have halos. Angels have dazzling white robes. Angels have voices like, well, like an angel. Angels are easy to spot in a crowd. They've got to be even easier to spot in an empty field. They are not human, and no one would confuse them for a human. But there is a second kind of angel. He or she looks like a human being. He or she is a person who God has tapped to be a messenger. An angel unaware, if you will. The angel unaware in the field had a simple message that would change Joseph's life. But it would do so only if Joseph chose to hear it and chose to listen to it. He did so. Each of us should also choose to hear it and choose to act on it when an angel shows up in our life. The message that they bring is both important and fragile. It disappears if we fail to pay attention to it, if we choose to pay it, not to pay attention to it. It only makes sense that such angels are real. If God's love for us is so strong that it survives even the death of our bodies, it is not reasonable to believe that the Bible is God's last word to us now, is it? No, it is not. God needs a way to continue to speak to us, to warn us, to encourage us, to nudge us. God has given each of us unique gifts. From time to time, God needs to point us toward where we best can use them. Sending angels with short questions into our lives appears to be her chosen method. What are you looking for? What a question. What a great question. I believe in angels because I have met them. 
Yes, I have met them just like Joseph. I have met them just like every one of you have. In my life, I suspect I have missed as many angels' messages as I have heard. But I have had many catch my attention and change my life. Not all of the messages were kind. Not all of them were gentle. But all of them were God's nudge in the right direction. My guess is that all of them came from angels unaware. It is also my guess that on occasion I have been the agent God sent to another, an angel unaware myself. All of us were variations on the theme of what are you looking for? Today, when you finish listening to this, I want you to do something for me. Examine your life. Find a person, an angel, who came into your life at just the right moment and who nudged you toward the true path you were meant to find, a path you did not even know you were looking for. Recognize your angels. Recognize them with a candy bar. Recognize them with a beer or recognize them with words of gratitude. Even angels need a pat on the head from time to time. And then, do it again tomorrow. Amen. Hallelujah.